All right, and we are back for the episode two of our conversation with Rob Harles, Global Lead for Modern and Emerging Channels for Accenture Interactive. Welcome to the Unified CXM Experience. And I am Grad Khan, CXO or Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler, a New York Stock Exchange listed company, ticker symbol CXM. And I am going to be moving on to the conversation with Rob now. Enjoy this episode. There was a time when um, I think people were trying to stay connected. But as we moved, like Bill Bernbach ushered in a creative revolution, and much of his work, I think, is incredible. But I think he, he was misinterpreted by many people that followed him. And we entered an era of very anonymous advertising that was very just image-focused. And uh, there's, a, there's a really great book uh, by Julie Lewis Watkins called The World's Greatest Advertisements. Uh, it's like 1858 to... Or 18, uh, 78 to 1952 or something like that. So the range of the ads. And what is interesting when you read this book, and they're all print ads, what's interesting when you read this book is that in the 19, early mid-1950s when this book was published, these were seen as the 100, the 100 greatest ads. That's what it was. The 100 greatest ads that had ever been written. And when you look at them, a few are a bit like very modern in terms of very... Um, image focused, but most are very heavy in copy, like very heavy in copy. And there was a theory back then, which I still believe in, that while not everybody reads long copy, your prospects will. So write long copy because you, know, you have a headline and have a subhead, but then have the long copy because the people who really are your prospects will actually read all of it. Maybe most people won't, but the prospects will, and that's what's important. And when you read these ads, what's so striking is how personal they are. In some cases, almost uncomfortably personal. And the copywriters are trying really hard to get in the head of their prospects and trying to get in the head of the buyer, trying to walk a mile in their shoes. And it's um, an art that has been lost. And so you know, we went to sort of very, very mass, very anonymous. And I think the core thing of it is that very anonymous advertising. And we've actually got a, wouldn't be bad idea for all of us to read a few of the ads from the 1920s and 30s and recall how they were talking to prospects at the time and then try to bring, the, the language has changed a bit, right? The, the idioms have changed and, you know, it's like, it's a little bit different in terms of tonality, but there's still the basic idea of trying to connect with your needs and wants and desires is there. And uh, that's, it's, it's a book that not many people read anymore. It's kind of hard to find, but it is something that would be great to be part of everyone's education. No, absolutely. I, I mean, that's why I keep saying things have come full circle, which is we've, we've spent a long time apart from one another without really putting ourselves in the shoes, not being empathetic uh, enough for our customers. But now, like, we're not going to have a choice. Uh, that's one of the, that's the double-edged sword of where we live right now in the 21st century, which is because we have all these capabilities, technologies, and they're seemingly growing exponentially by the day, not by the month or year. Um, this, is, this is a different Moore's Law. Right? <laughs> Every right. day, there are more people you know, having access to information that hitherto you might have wanted to control. Or, you know, in the past, and you've talked about this, just as you want, at the very least, you want to control your brand, brand message, your brand image. 
Well, you have no control in this day and age, right? It's, it's whatever your customers and, and even your detractors tell you your brand is and how you react more than what you tell people you stand for. And if you tell people you stand for something, that's not good enough on its own anymore. The, 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 the thirst for transparency and authenticity requires you to put your money where your mouth is. So if you say you're in, you know, you support diversity, you better well show what you're doing for diversity. If you say you're into sustainability, it's not yeah. good enough to say, well, you know, we throw away the paper cups and we, we recycle the plastic ones at our offices. It's like, no, what are you doing? Dollars and cents, pounds and pence. And that's, that's where we're at. And I feel like we're not prepared. <laughs> that's my, that's my, yeah. I hope you feel that way. But well, you're right, actually. That's exactly it. The, there is this, I think what people are forgetting is that their brand is no longer under their control. You know, the, you're, you can say my brand is blue, but if everybody else says that the brand is red, uh, and you know, I'm going to take the word of everybody else over the your word of you. And it's this idea that people are sharing. And, and in many cases, the brand has become its experience that it lands. So we'll kind of bring this full circle back to customer experience because the experience that you land from the way you do customer support and customer care to the way it feels when you're buying it, et cetera, that sort of full circle makes your brand whatever color it should be. And you can yell your brand is blue all day long, but if you're delivering a red experience, your brand is red. And then you know, maybe that's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. I'm not trying to be judgmental on the colors, but it is like, it is what it is. And I think this is a very hard thing for a lot of companies to wrap their mind around because they've got vision statements and they've got you know, brand creative strategies and all this kind of stuff that they've invested all this time and energy into. But meanwhile, everyone's saying something else. Uh, at Sprinkler, we, we do a lot of uh, listening for a lot of, of the world's biggest brands. I don't, think I, I don't know if you know this or not, but we're up to 91 of the world's top 100 brands are now Sprinkler customers. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. 91. That's Although awesome. I told my dad the other day, and he said, what's with the missing nine? And I'm like... What did you do wrong? Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, we'll get to 98, and he'll be like, so what's wrong? Like, you can't get the DOS 2? You're, you're not trying hard enough? What's, what's going on? Come back to me when you're 100. Uh, give me, give, call me when you're 101. Uh, anyway. Oh, my God. Anyway, so the... Um, but I think that there's a, what we see across all these brands is that they've got all this stuff that they say about themselves, and then we do a sentiment study of what people say about them, and it's, in some cases, completely different. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, well, that's not what we're all about. And I'm like, yeah, it is. I mean, you may not want it to be, but that's what you're all about, because that's what people are saying about you. And the only way to change that is to change the way you're operating with people and the way you're interacting with people, you know, if you want to. And that, that to me has been, I think that is the exciting thing about modern channels and the world we live in today is that for a long time, I think that companies and brands have been able to pretend that they are a certain thing, right? They've been able to pretend that they're this, they're pretend that they're that. Uh, you can't really hide from that anymore because the conversations are exposed now. And if people think you're red, then people think you're red. You can yell that you're blue all day long and that won't make a lick of difference. And that to me is the very exciting thing about the times we're in because now we have 
truth. And when you, when you have truth and we can match perception to reality, often re real breakthroughs happen because people are not, no longer hiding behind a false reality. They actually start to kind of embrace the reality that's true and then actually try to do, do something that's more compelling and more significant. If I really want to change my brain, I really want to change my experience, I'm going to have to actually change the experience. And I would say that generally most people are, are, are excited and waiting for it. I don't, it's not like a big you know, mea culpa, you just just start doing it better, just start doing it differently. People will flock to you and they'll love you for it. Yeah, I actually had something I wanted to run by too. And I don't have hard and fast stats for it, but I'm thinking about doing it, which is, I, you know, I think there's a, there's a resistance, there's a fear of the risk you take on when you get closer to the customer. <laughs> I don't know mm. how to put my finger on it. But okay, I mean, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Keep going. Even if you're in modern channels, let's say you've made your career in social media or whatever. Um, number one, I, I feel like intuitively, I don't think those groups that have made their careers in social media have been integrated sufficiently within the organization to make 100% a needful yeah. difference <laughs> with all this information. It's the, you know, us, I love Lucy thing with the chocolates. I've got all this stuff, but nobody actually looks at it. And, but, but even by the way, I'm going to use that. I love Lucy clip. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm going to use that in my uh, uh, live presentations. I almost had my first live show uh, in September. They just canceled it and made it virtual only, but they're coming. I can tell people are ants and you know, jonesing to get out there in person again. And so I'm kind of getting some, some new videos and new decks ready. I'm kind of getting myself ready for the tours again. But that Lucy video, great idea. Is this what your data management system feels like? Brilliant. It's like brilliant. Yeah, no, I, I'll tell tales on myself, which is, you know, I think I was about as early as there could be in social media when it started up. And I, I didn't really know what I was doing. And I was thinking about all this stuff. And, but what made, sort of pulled me towards it was this thought that, you know, for the first time, you're going to do something. You're going to do God's work. <laughs> Right? You're going to be, you are going to do things to break the mold and you're going to revolutionize how people interact and you're going to make companies more, more responsive and honest and transparent. And you're going to, it's the first time you probably get rid of market research and this is going to be live instead of snapshot in time, will be a, you know, through the windscreen right. video, all that good stuff. But I feel like the folks that started with that camaraderie of, you know, this our summer of love <laughs> 15 years ago, um, we've, we've kind of gone the other way. And the only evidence I feel I increasingly see for that is that there is a tendency to invest in things that pull you further from direct connection to the customer and more towards broadcast media. It's so much easier to spend 10 to 1 dollars on paid media because I can point to it and say, okay, I reached this audience and here's the level of engagement and here's my sentiment. Mm -hmm. Versus I set up a community. I listened for a while. I interacted with these folks. I learned these five things that are really important and I didn't make money off of it, but I, that just three to five things could transform our company. And, and I say that because I often go into a company and say, if you have a litmus test about how connected you are to your customer, answer this question. Take a piece of paper and a pencil, no technology here needed. Write down three things, top of mind, 
that you know about your most valuable customer, and here's the kicker, that your competitors do not know. Huh. I, I guarantee you, people might get one, but very few, if any, will get three. <laughs> and that's where I think the missing is, because we spend all our time on just kind of automating our marketing rather than really listening, engaging, and, and, and communi- communicating, like building community, authentic community with, with our most valuable customers and the people that we want as our prospects. Well, it's almost like there's this kind of bizarre obsession with scale. It's got to scale. It's got to scale. It's got to scale to the point where people never get to the point of understanding the impact. Like, I think if you can get the impact to happen and see the results then work on scale, but often people put scale first or they use scale almost as a way of shutting it down, you know, and I think you're right. I think it's almost like this, you, the way you framed it was interesting, a fear of engaging directly with customers. It's a very, very interesting way of putting it. That epiphany I had around the tools thing, this, you know, I was doing this community before Facebook was even really getting involved in, in, you know, in commerce and, and, and commercial things. And, I was literally asking people and, and sort of interviewing them and, and, and using the, the forum to ask questions and send out surveys every other day. And this one guy wrote back, you know, like, it's great that you're reaching out to us and taking the time to really get to know us, quotation marks, uh, valuable customers, loyal customers. But he went on to say, like, but as a former loyal customer, I'm never buying anything from you yet. And, and he just left it there. And, and, I could have been, I was actually afraid. I don't think I said that to you when I told you that story. First. I think I was afraid to respond because I didn't yeah. know what he was going to say. I thought he was going to say how terrible we were, which he was going to say how terrible we were. And maybe even how terrible I am for even being naive enough to ask him this, the question when clearly as a representative brand, we blew it. But he, you know, I asked that simple question. Well, what went wrong? I'm, I'm you know, this, you were a, formerly customer you're you're in this group because we knew you built bought a lot or at least i knew you bought a lot from us and he wrote back you know that weekend uh well you know here's what happened you stand by your products for life great um i I buy you know thousands every year because i'm an avid diyer but i bought this one that was obviously not your brand but you bought it in your store and it broke after the warranty was up after one year. And I know I wasn't expecting to get a new one, but I did go back to the store going, hey, what's up? <laughs> what's up with this? You know, not thinking that we're going to replace this for them. But I think he was thinking as a valuable customer, we would know who he was and say, you know, you're a valuable customer. Let's see what I can do. But I didn't promise anything. Let's see what I can do. And uh, he said, after remonstrating a few times, being told, just go buy a new one and <laughs> like hit the road. Uh, as though he were a deadbeat or something. Uh, he said, well, clearly you don't know who I am. Clearly you don't care. So I'm not going to buy anything from you again. And he took his, you know, his store card out of his wallet and stopped buying across the board, mm-hmm. not just this. And so I said, I don't know if I can do anything, but I, I signed up to see if I could do something. Like I, I did the thing that it was already too late to do probably. And I reached out to a colleague at a personal level and said, this sounds wrong. Like the, What's going on here? And left it at that. And, you know, that Monday, I should have looked back on Sunday because he had written back, you know, War and Peace on this forum. We didn't limit it to 140 characters. <laughs> and he put, you know, exclamation points and, and bullets and everything. And, and he said, hey, I just want to tell you three things. One, uh, I was just blowing off steam. I, I really didn't expect you to 
you know, have to do something or anything. Like, I, I wasn't going to buy anything from you, and you couldn't change my mind about it. But you know, thanks for listening. Two, you went a bit further than listening, and you thought you could actually fix this problem. And I just told you, you know, and I'm thinking like an idiot. He thinks I'm an idiot. Uh, that you're naive. You're not going to get me to change the way I think about this brand. And then you wrote at the bottom, number three, I just want to let you know, you, your colleague, whatever you did, your colleague was fantastic. She called me up on Saturday. She apologized profusely for the story that I went through and how I was treated. And in fact, he said that that apology was worth its weight in gold because my wife doesn't apologize to me like that when I weak enough. argument. <laughs> which is, he was like, this really touched me. That's either that's either very sad or I don't know. There's there's, there's a mixed blessing in that particular comment. Well, I think my colleague was not go there. And he said, I, she <laughs> gave me a gift card for for you know forty nine bucks, whatever this thing was. But I didn't even need that. She just what I needed was to know that I mattered, right? So he said he wrote I think it. He might need some more time with his wife as well. Yeah, and might need some time. Well, I think that's the, that's the <laughs> communication. If a forty-nine dollar gift certificate is like way better than what his wife, I think maybe there's some other problems there. Maybe that's why he was blowing some steam off. Maybe you walked into a completely different issue. Maybe it's the whole domestic issue here. You don't have no idea. <laughs> well, you know, all kidding aside, you know, sometimes that is part of it. You know, people have a bad day, and and then and then just to top it off. You couldn't even get my damn bagel right. You know, like that's sort of like, that just all it takes some time for someone just to completely lose their mind. But it's not, it's not the 50 things that came before. It's like, now you know, know how to toast a bagel. All right. This is it. I'm going downtown. <laughs> but, but remember what, like at the end of this, and I have no way of checking that he actually did it, but he wrote, he said, today I, I rummaged around in my desk drawer for that card I, I kind of tossed away. And I put it back in my wallet and I'm like, well, I have no quantitative way of knowing if this guy is going to actually start buying from us. But he told, he took the time to tell me that this changed him somehow. And I thought, well, That's why awesome. did we wait this long to make that happen? <laughs> well, it's a lot easier to do it earlier on rather than wait, go through this thing. It's not scalable. So I, I, that's, I think that your, your, your point is spot on, which is sometimes, you know, again, we're afraid to get close to the customer and that is the key however we do it whether we do it through automation or we do it digital kisses on the cheek you know uh, making it feel like you got that email from the and then and the video from the pet but maybe they do that for everybody and that's fantastic but for you it meant a lot and it, whatever it is that's what we should be doing and the, the other fear is that fear has driven us into compartments and those compartments don't interact and I, I rail against this now like everybody that person who just manufactured that thing is a salesperson a, 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 a marketer mm. and they're a service person they're the face of the company whoever touched the person the customer last that's what they're that's the impression they're stuck with <laughs> that's what they're there. so if you haven't empowered your people to feel like that to make a human connection to do what's right to be honest, to be transparent, to be therapeutic. If you're like, yeah, you know, you had a bad day. Remember you were telling about the, the, the bad flight you had and it would be nice if someone at the check-in desk at, at the hotel already knew that and kind of did a couple kisses on the cheek that made you feel better yeah. about... It wouldn't be much. It wouldn't be much. Cold no. beer do trick most of the time. This is recognition. 
So what you're saying in some ways is instead of the, the, new, the new statement is instead of uh, Ich bin Berliner, it's uh, Ich bin Marketer. Uh, we're all marketers now, right? Is that, the, uh, is that where we are? I like it. That's awesome. Well, you know, people have always thought they were marketers. Like, you know, it's, it's the one profession that everyone thinks that they can do. So it's good to see that people actually have to have the responsibility as well now. <laughs> well, and, and to find it, what is it that they do now? Because I think it's different than it was 50, 100 years ago, right? It's, yeah. they, it has to be different. Well, I think we're all we're all customer facing, and in a customer facing role, your job is to make sure the customer is happier after engaging with you. And if you have a unified CXM platform that pulls that together, and you can see all the things you've done to the customer, it makes it a lot easier to to know what that impact on the customer has been. So, well, Robert, a little over time, but I got to tell you, this has been. An awesome discussion. I'd love to do this again, maybe maybe in the fall when I'm about to go on a, a bit of a a main vacation and uh and then of course we've got the the end of the summer and stuff but maybe we can pick this up again in the fall and sort of i'll, I'll kind of get an update from you and what you're doing and some of the things you're uh connecting with and hopefully i'll have another great pedestal source like story that i can share with you and we'll sort of jam on that again is there is there anything else you want to just kind of end with or any kind of last thought you want to leave the audience with i i i, I still remember that you admonished me you know? last conversation about admonished yeah wow. yes about um, <laughs> about uh you know doing things in pieces like just quick oh, wins yeah, versus yeah. i did admonish you actually you're right <laughs> yeah you did you did uh, and I, I it stuck with me so it'll always stick with me as a scar that i'll need to but ouch but i think you're right um i think you know i, I kind of leave it with this which is my my point was whatever you're going to do do something don't keep doing the exact same thing over and over. That's the first, you know, that's the, the definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing, expecting a different answer, different outcome. But e- even if you do a little thing, do it. But but my, my thing is, if you're going to scale, scale. If you're, <laughs> just, I, the Nike verse is right. Just do it. Do something different and maybe make the pact every day that you're going to do one thing differently as a marketer, as a service person, salesperson. That you did. And be bold. Be real bold. And don't be Be afraid. Be bold. Like, don't be afraid. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Be bold. Like, get out there. Because, you know, if you do something bold and it works, you know, the world's your oyster. If you do something bold and it doesn't work, well, you did something bold and you tried. If you do something timid and it works, nothing happens. You do something timid and it doesn't work, you're, you know, you're finished. I'll leave you with one other last thing, which was when I joined Accenture Interactive, I, I asked a... I was at this sort of getaway with a bunch of other managing directors and I asked, you know, and we were just shooting the breeze in the evening and I said, you know, it's one of those silly questions you ask is like, how do you be successful here? And he said, you know, sometimes, and this guy was, was Russian. I, I can't do his, his accent very well. It's like, sometimes. Okay. I'll imagine a Russian accent. Far better to fail big than to succeed small. <laughs> like, oh, oh, that's stuff. Yes. <laughs> Oh, wow. Far better to fail big than succeed small. That is killer. That's what I'm talking about. See? Damn, I love the Russians. They know how to make shit happen, man. Okay, that is that is a great way to end. That is a great way to end. Better to f- fail big than succeed small. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Because fail big is always a good story. Like it, it's always a good story. Blew up, but hey, I tried something nobody else did, and it was it was a grand, grand vision. But if you just yeah, try have, to succeed small, have, no one will ever notice. 
I have proudly failed big on many occasions, so uh, I am a big subscriber to that. Okay, that's, that is awesome. Uh, some may argue failed too big, but anyway, that's okay. Uh, we'll move, that'll, that'll save that for another day. Uh, <laughs> Rob, this has been amazing. Have a great weekend, and, uh, and have a great summer, and I'll see you in the fall. If we can pick this up again, I'd, I'd be delighted to, to keep the conversation going. All right, well, for the Unified CXM Experience, I'm Grad Khan, CXO at uh, Sprinkler, and uh, today I had Rob Harles as my guest from Accenture, and we had a really great discussion about all things CXM, and if you're interested in buying a pedestal, I would suggest you use Pedestal Source, and I'm not being paid for this. <laughs> and that's it for today. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time.